This is the world's greatest Springsteen podcast. I think we're at like episode 15 now. And with every episode, we're getting more popular. We're growing. And it's uh, it's really been delightful. I am Fisherman, the bootlegger who paid the highest price. And with me, as always, is Tom. How you doing, Tom? Right. How you doing? I'm doing great. And uh, I don't know, for the time being, I think, you know, that it's going to be the world's greatest Springsteen podcast with Fisherman and Tom. And uh, we'll see if that changes. And the seat's always open for our friend Maddie. But uh, he's got some things going on in his personal life and making it making it to the recording sessions has just become very difficult for him. So, Maddie, we wish you luck with everything that's going on. And you're always welcome. If you want to pick up the phone and find out when we're recording, you're always welcome to join us. But for from here forward right now, I think you're listening to the world's greatest Springsteen podcast with Fisherman and Tom. And uh, when last we recorded, uh, Bruce was getting ready to take the stage at MetLife Stadium for the third night of three. And, uh, and he did that. You know, just after we finished up recording, I'd like to uh, take a look at the set list from that show. You would think that we'd have some other set list to look at, uh, but uh, we'll get to that in a minute. There's only been one show since the last time we recorded, and it was a doozy. You've seen the set list, right, Tom? Oh, yeah, it was great. Uh, what they did uh, I, at MetLife 3 was tour premiered one new song, Two Hearts, and uh, and then they broke out like like 60% of the, of the rarities and one-offs that have made appearances through the tour and crammed them all into this show. Uh, there was no Johnny 99. There was no E Street Shuffle. And... Uh, and the replacements were, you know, they they opened with Lonesome Day Night, like all three nights, which at when the on the first day when they played Lonesome Day Night, people thought they were really going to get, you know, a whole bunch of different stuff in the opening two slots. But he ended up opening with Lonesome Day Night all three shows. But then after No Surrender, into the tour premiere of Two Hearts. And with this tour, you got to figure that's about all the surprises you're going to get. Maybe Maybe you'll get lucky with one late maybe you'll get lucky with one after night shift but no that's not what happened after two hearts they played prove it and then something in the night which is the second time that's been played and if you remember when we recorded the last podcast i brought up that it had only been played once and i don't know how he saw it before i released the the episode but i'm pretty sure he played something in the night in jersey because he got wind that i was once again talking smack about only playing something once. Uh, I think he played something in the night the first time, like the day after I made mention that he had sound checked or he had played it in the rehearsals, but never played it on the tour. Boom. Next day he played it. And then I said, Hey, he's only played it once that day. He played it again. Somebody's listening to this show. Oh, yeah. Um, Spirit in the night, which made its debut on, on might've been night one, but I think it was night two of uh of Matt Life was back for night three, only the second time played on the tour. Atlantic City fell in after night shift. That's only been played a handful of times, like three or four. Um and uh 
of course, Last Man Standing, Backstreets. But then he wasn't done out of Thunder Road into Jungle Land for Jersey. And that had only been played once before. And uh, Rosie, who's been there the entire U.S., uh, went into Detroit medley, which I got lucky enough to see in Dallas. But this was only the second time besides Dallas. And then for the first time all tour, he dropped I'll See You in My Dreams the day after Jimmy Buffett died. He had the chance to dedicate I'll See You in My Dreams to Jimmy Buffett. And instead, he just dropped it completely and played for the second time on the tour Jersey Girl for the final night in Jersey. Everybody went nuts. Everybody went crazy for this set list tour of the show of the tour. They all say we haven't seen it yet, but I hope to be watching it real soon. They haven't released. This is a week ago now, more than a week. It was uh, the third. It's 11 days ago. Nugs has not released the audio on this show or September 1st yet. We're kind of waiting on those. So uh, you're excited to watch this one when we get it, when we get a video, right? Oh yeah, I mean, I I agree. It looks like, and every every everyone I've heard from said it was maybe the best show of the tour, um, except for the ones that are at, we're at the first show. But we really can't say that because it was the only we didn't have anything to compare it to, of course. And you know, so it'll probably still go down as our favorite show. But um, so there's Bruce, and he's uh, and he's playing the what some people are calling the best show of the tour, and then. Two days later, was it two days of the fifth? No, it was four days later on the seventh. Uh, it was actually the sixth, the day before the show, that uh, they announced that the entire September is scrapped and that right. every show in September is now postponed, dates to be determined. That's what's behind me. Uh, if uh, some of these shows are already reschedules from the initial from the first leg, uh, Columbus, Ohio, and and uh, 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 the Mohegan Sun Casino, those were canceled once already, and now they're canceled again. Those poor people that have tickets to those. So all of September was canceled, and uh, you heard why, Tom, right? Yeah, uh, peptic something. Peptic ulcer disease. And I ran right to Google to find out what this is. And basically, it's ulcers. It's a fancy way to say he's got ulcers. And uh, it could be anywhere from mild to serious. They certainly didn't say. They said they expect him to be back when the month is up. And so do I. I expect, uh, you know, there were no shows scheduled for October. So this is literally two full months off. And uh, and it's something that can occur with people with certain diet. It's something that can occur with people of certain age. But what really stood out for me is it's something that can occur in people who take a lot of over-the-counter pain medication like ibuprofen and aspirin, which brings me back to my obsession with Bruce Springsteen's knees. Because I just think at 73 years old, his knees, my knees hurt so bad. And I have never once in my entire life dropped to them. I've never knee slid. I've never dropped to him at a microphone. And boy, I mean, there's times where he was doing it four or five times a show. He did the slide twice a show 
back in the in, on the rising tour, but he was dropping to his knees. You go back and look at film from 92 and 93 and 88. He would just drop to his knees, drop to his knees. And even when he got older, when he does, does that begging thing on the rare occasion, when he played back in your arms, boom, drop, just drop. I can't, I can barely get down on my knees with my hands. And uh, he even did it during Mary's place this year. He were he, he was slower and he went one knee at a time, but no hands dropped to his knees. It's just insane to me. And he's got to be in pain from it. And I think that he probably takes a lot of Motrin, a lot of aspirin. And maybe that is why he is suffering from this ailment. To satisfy people like you, Tom, who makes him do that knee slide, wants to see him be the physical Bruce Springsteen that he always was. That was my favorite part of the Rising Tour when he'd uh, do the knee slide during Waiting on a Sunny Day and Mary's Place. That was the best part of those songs. And oh, my, uh, my theory is he's paying he, for that. I was disappointed when he stopped because I wasn't, you could stop doing it, but don't do those songs and not do it because they weren't the same. I want you to see the pain on his face when he dropped during Mary's place this year. I think it was yeah. in Belmont Park. And you could just see with each knee going down the, the look of pain on his face. I, I've you... had knee problems my whole life. So I guess I've all watching him for my whole life drop to his knees has always like made me worry about. Could you... you think you could drop to your knees right now? Just, just, just so I could see it. I think that sitting in my chair, I could ease my way down onto my knees and I could probably take it for about 12 seconds before I rolled over on my side because I'm too fat to hold. My knees can't hold my weight, but drop to your knees. I don't know how he hasn't had his patella wired back together 50 times. Well, I don't know where that is, but it sounds painful. It's the kneecap. Uh, is the patella i know that because i shattered mine when i was 19 years old and uh that's always kept me in tune to this poor guy who feels that he's got to drop to his knees to entertain the audience anyway he is off for enough for he's off for two months there's a month's so, worth of shows that are rescheduled do you think it's possible since he had the entire month of october off anyway that he'll play some of these shows during October, or is he just going to take two months? No, I think he's going to take two months. I don't. First of all, a lot of these are baseball stadiums, and not only are you know like they were talking about how Philly is going to be in the playoffs, and and the 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 stadium is booked up. Then it gets into winter, and they don't do outdoor stadium shows in the winter. There's one dome on the list that uh, might be indoor. Uh, they might be able to squeeze that in. I don't think they'll do it in October, but maybe when they're back on the road in November, December, they could squeeze in a dome. They could squeeze in uh, Mohegan Sun or the arena shows like Columbus, Pittsburgh, I think were arena shows that got canceled. Uh, they could get those in this year, but I think the stadiums, we already know that Philly is 2024, summer of 2024, and I think all the stadiums from September are going to end up also in 2024 or they're going to cancel them outright maybe they'll resell the market uh yeah. at a different venue 
but yeah, I, think I, don't... Should, I, I think they should just be canceled and he should just go back to arenas. Well, that's not the easiest thing to do. And, you know, stadiums, even a half empty stadium makes more money than an arena. So it's like, they're not going to be quick to just cancel that. It's an option, but they're not gonna be quick to do it. Money is lost. Insurance companies have their rules. You cannot just cancel a show unless you meet certain criteria. And, do you, uh, you prefer uh, seeing him in a stadium or an arena? I haven't gone to a stadium show since 2003. And I loved those shows I saw in the stadium because a show in a stadium can be a great show. He's that MetLife stadium show, which we haven't seen yet, but it was a stadium show. It was obviously a great show. But as far as going and enjoying the experience, I'd much rather be in an arena. There's not a good seat in the high. Even the pit is so far away from him, unless except for when he comes down. It's just the place is just so big. The screens are massive. It's cool. I would go to a stadium if it was close by. But because I have to get on planes to go, I would always pick an arena show over a stadium show. In fact, you know, my plan is to go to Phoenix. That's an arena show. I might go to LA. Those are arena shows. I had no intentions of going to any stadium shows on this tour. None were real convenient. And if I'm going to fly, I'll fly to something where I can get a decent seat. Yeah. I think the last stadium I was at was giant stadium for the rising. And uh, uh, I think I ended up watching the screen because it was just so far away. The screens now are far more awesome. And I, you know, I've never seen that big giant screen behind them. I've never been at a show that's had that. But, uh, you know, we listen to the nugs and we forget how awful it actually sounds when you're there. It really just sounds so bad in these stadiums. People were really complaining about Wrigley Field just sounding so awful. And I think they were complaining at MetLife that it sounded awful. You really got to get lucky with your placement because there's this echo bounce back of the sound so we were going to bring up some of this nonsense that uh there's people that are actually believing that there's a conspiracy to cancel this month of shows to try to sell more tickets because it was undersold and they think that if they delay it they can sell more tickets which is just like whoever came up with that is just a complete idiot because yeah. they lose money. They even if they even if they suddenly sold out of a show that was like three quarters full or two thirds full, they're still losing their ass putting it off for a year. And I, I didn't hear that part of it. I heard that the conspiracy theory was that uh, they hadn't sold the seats, so therefore let's cancel them. But they, they haven't, haven't canceled. Sold. None of them have been canceled. They're all getting rescheduled. They're working out dates. And when they get dates set, then it'll be rescheduled. And then they'll offer a 30-day period where people can return tickets. And tickets will be returned. It is not a winning proposition to delay a show for a year. It's not. I mean, no matter how, you can't sell enough tickets in that year to make up for the loss and then start making an increased profit over what they would. People don't understand a half filled stadium is a very profitable concert. You know, a a 30, if they feed, if they seat 62,000 in their, in their stadium and half of it is empty, that's 31,000 seats filled. An arena only has 18,000. It's almost double what they get in an arena. A stadium is like four times the size of arena. 
So yeah, yeah, there's $60 tickets where there weren't any at the arena, but those $60 tickets are so far under the worst seats. People are paying the same big prices to sit in that giant stadium, not not the New York giant stadium, but huge stadiums. People are paying big money to sit in huge stadiums and it's it seats four times the number of people. You don't have to sell out for it to be huge. It's hugely profitable when it's half empty. You know who to ask about that? Uh, truck and tractor pulls. They half fill stadiums all over the country year in and year out. There's very rare, except only maybe in a few states where the truck and tractor pull is sold out. And uh, but they keep coming around, don't they? Well, I, I don't know what that is either, but is it a band? <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure Sunday, Sunday, you've never seen a TV commercial for a truck, monster trucks and. Oh, yeah, yeah. Monster trucks, right. Those, yeah. Yeah, those are the truck. The, they they started out called, maybe it's called monster truck exhibition now or something, but it used to be called the truck and tractor pull. Have you ever seen that? I have never gone to one of those. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. So do you want to talk about the other conspiracy rumor about uh why he's canceled uh or postponed these shows are you talking about the, like there was one article that said patty told him not to tour right so he didn't tour i <laughs> you know there there might be some truth to you know bruce's doctors told him he shouldn't tour and he was kind of resistant and patty and i think the article also said and band members told him he should Okay, but they then they blow it out of proportion to say to make it sound like they're saying Patty made him stay home. Patty made him cancel the tour, which is like I, I don't see that happening in a billion years. You know, no. Uh, as I always like to quote uh, uh, Steve from Twitter, he once said, nobody and he meant nobody, including Patty. Nobody tells Bruce Springsteen what to do. He makes up his mind. She might have some pull. And maybe he was resistant to listening to the doctors, but and she might have said you should listen to the doctors. But the article made it sound like Patty said stay home. Yeah, well, she she might have said, "Hey, this is working for me. I don't show up to any shows, so <laughs> why don't you join me?" Uh, well, because she's still ahead. getting paid. She still gets paid when she doesn't show up. But well, nobody nobody gets paid. Nobody gets paid when Bruce doesn't show up. When Bruce yeah. doesn't show up, they have to refund the tickets, and that costs a fortune. Do, do you honestly think she's getting a paycheck? Um, I have no idea what her deal is. I used to always say that Patty only shows up sometimes because she's got a fantastic contract. But this tour, she may have asked to be let out of her contract. You know, she she did those first two shows in, in February, and for all I know, she decided. I just don't want to do this anymore. She's a grandmother. She, she, there's been pictures all over the internet of her and her daughter at, at horse meets this year. And, uh, and she's playing, she's playing grandma and, and she's entertaining backstage. You know, she's been at a lot of these shows and she's not coming up on stage, which is not like her. Usually if she's there, she's on stage. Maybe she just, doesn't want to do it anymore we i you know i'm going to be showing that tampa again real soon you know she looks like she's having a blast but there's something about it she seems like she just 
doesn't necessarily want to be out on stage. It's uh, uh, what about the what about the rumor that she doesn't want to be there because of the static set list that I just started. <laughs> First of all, when she's there, we got two different the two shows she's been at. She's played they've played a song that hasn't been played any other night. We saw Brilliant Disguise in Tampa, and they played Mansion on the Hill in uh, Hollywood. And so she opens up the set list. I think that that's a, a, a horrible rumor that you are just trying to start. It is. That's true. Um, so uh, do you want to talk about this? Uh, this is a good rumor about tracks too, which we've yeah. been talking about. We'll talk about it for a second. I mean, because I don't like to talk about too much that we don't have solid information on. Uh, yeah. But there there was a rumor that came out a couple weeks back. Well, I can say it's the strongest rumor so far in a long time. So uh, I'm, I'm hoping there's at least some truth to it, you know. Well, I believe that there is a five-disc album coming out that more than one reliable source has said that this year there will be a five-disc album. They haven't. None of these official place, I don't know, routes have called it tracks two. I've heard them say in the vein of tracks two and stuff. I don't know what it's going to be called, but from what I've heard, it's going to be five studio albums that were complete albums that were just never released. Not a whole bunch of, you know, cut out, you know, stuff cut off of this album or stuff cut off of that album, but actually entire albums that were made and not and never put out, or at least a handful of songs from a project that was never put out. That was my understanding. And then this leaked, leaked uh, track listing, this kind of doesn't really uh, seem to fit that narrative at all. But I know it comes from the Steve Hoffman forums. I know on the Backstreets forum, the person who brought it there from Steve Hoffman said it was put there from a new member. And a new member is not probably somebody that you can listen to and take on good authority. And I didn't double check this after I read that. But I swear when I looked at it, it said it was from a trusted member. And if that's the case, then uh, I wouldn't expect a trusted member to put up a bunch of bullshit. I don't know. Some of this stuff has seen the light of day before. A lot of it hasn't. Some of it we've heard of. A lot of it we haven't. And uh, and it does have five different titles for each disc, which fits into that narrative. But the fact that there's stuff that we know to be left off of certain albums that are on here makes me wonder, because I thought that this was supposed to be a project of unreleased albums and not unreleased songs. Yeah, well, um, I did glance at it couple of weeks ago so you'd have to and i can't really see it because it's too small for me to read but if you named uh, a few the because you said some of the songs you recognize already that we already have but i think there was like a couple of like a song or two from the rising that he he recorded years before the rising was recorded and this might be that version of that you know well i'll do it quick but i'll run through the track listings Disc one titled The Lonesome Highway, nine tracks, starting something, St. Patrick's Day, 100 miles from Jackson, Glory Road, The Lonesome Highway, which would be the title cut, Dinner at Eight, 
Blue Balls. Protection. I know that's one of your favorites. Yeah. And walking or walking without a G, with an apostrophe and not a G, walking through midnight. Okay, so looking at that, the only song I recognize is Protection. So I'm trying to figure out if that's true. What year is this album from? Because Protection was like from 1979. There's no other information here that we can go on except for the track names. So is this so, is this an album from 1979 or is this from you know the late 80s like we had been told possibly there was going to be maybe an album around the late 80s into the 90s if so, we pretend if we pretend that we know this is real and legit then we could surmise that right because that's when protection comes from and right. uh and you know so maybe the rest of them were recorded around the same time because that is what they what is bruce has said you know, he said it was a seven album set. And then in a later interview, he said it was a five album set. And All I right. think that I think that the drum loop album is one of the ones that got cut. I've always just assumed that. And now based on these track listings, I'm really assuming none of these are the drum loop album. So, yeah. uh, so uh, album number two is called Waiting on the End of the World. And it's got okay. 11. It's got 11 tracks. Father's Day. Waiting on the End of the World. Rodney, Secret Garden, Welcome hmm. to the New World Order, All the Way Home, Don't Cross That Line, One False Move is All It Takes, Dirty Ground, Platoon, Vision Spirit. Okay, so this is a little more clear. I would say... If this is true, this would have been around, right? Recorded possibly right after the '92 '93 tour with that band, I think, and because there was rumors that that was the name of the album, "Waiting on the End of the World," that was recorded. We've heard "Waiting on the End of the World," and um, what was there was there was was it all the way home? Was that one of the ones you said? All the way home is on here. Secret Garden is on here. Secret okay so secret garden was supposedly yeah recorded before it was eventually released so that would have been around that time i'm thinking you know late 93 into 94 and then all the way home i believe he ended up putting on devils and dust and so that could be true too that could be you know an older song sounds like it sounds great if that's so now we're up to I can't imagine him releasing an album from 1979 and then going all the way to 94, but that maybe he just ended up putting protection on a, a much later album. Uh, so. I don't know. I don't know. The third album is called blind spot. Again, yeah. assuming a, these are legit. We don't know that they're legit. Yeah. That's a song uh, I had heard of and never heard, never heard, but uh, I, the, the title is an, a, definitely a song Bruce recorded and uh, fans have been asking about. Well, 12 tracks on this one, starting with the title cut, Blind Spot. And then I came down between heaven and earth, missing, nothing, man. When the curtains are drawn, spilled milk, 
in my father's arms. Guns at dawn. Here's one for Maddie. Putrid scum. <laughs> Dark and bloody ground. And come into my arms. Uh, that was my nickname uh, my father gave me when I was 12. <laughs> Um, so two of the songs, the only, there's only two I recognize and I'm, I know you, so we know Missing and Nothing Man. So I know Nothing Man was not, not a new song for the rising that was recorded earlier. And we had heard that he threw a couple of songs on that he had recorded years earlier and he threw them on the rising. So we got Nothing Man, Missing, another one that we ended up with on Essentials, just three. But that was that. So I'm thinking that was recorded around the same time, maybe 95, 96. Um, did you say Secret Garden or am I on the wrong album? Yeah, that was the album before. This one had Blind Spot, which you weren't familiar with, but you had heard of. Yeah. So I, yeah, maybe sometime in the 90s, I would say, is uh, if that's an album from the night uh, if that album's real they, i would say sometime in the 90s for that for disc number three so disc number four be entitled silver mountain and it's got 10 tracks starting with tiger rose beneath the floodline title cut silver mountain indian town and then track five is cynthia Track six is Indian Town. How can track four and track six both be Indian Town? I wonder if that's a typo. Um, yeah. Track seven is El Camino. Track eight is Blood and Steel. Track nine is The Valley of Shadow and Death. And track 10, Pilgrim in the Temple of Love. Okay, so Pilgrim in the Temple of Love. Is that a Ghost of Tom Jode outtake? I believe I he said that's that. when he was singing it, right? When he played it a couple times. So I think now, it was Tom Jode. So we know that can't be so that that tour was um 1995 into 96. So so all the way into 97. He was in Japan and playing at 97 and shit. Yeah, so again, we're talking the 90s. And Cynthia, which ended up on tracks. That could have that was probably written in in the nineties, and then uh, oh, Tiger Rose. Now we've heard that he's recorded that. I believe was it with Joe Grishecki or or someone. Um, do, do any of these sound like that ninety two band album that we've been hearing about that we were hoping would be part of this set? Well, the only one that makes sense would be that one that's called "Waiting on the End of the World" because that interview with Shane. Um, he he said that was the name of the album. Well, that's disc two. But of course, you know, the per if, if somebody put this together just to be bullshit, he probably knew that, you know. And yeah. I mean, if this was put together as as bullshit, they did a good job. They did a good job, it, right? Oh, it's it's pretty it, it's it's put together in a way that it's hard to believe it's not true, but uh we, I'm not gonna, you know. We'll, we'll find out. I know we haven't finished, but we're gonna I think find, we're gonna find out, out very things. soon. I think we're gonna know soon. Yeah, so we'll get maybe a Christmas release or maybe even earlier. 
And the I'm, I'm thinking of Christmas. I'm thinking that we're going to hear about it in the next two weeks. Like they said, things might be on hold because of his health, but I think we're going to hear about it in the next couple of weeks. And I think it's going to be a Christmas release. So there's yeah. one more disc. It's called Hard Drive. There's eight tracks on it, beginning with the title cut, Hard Drive. And then a lot of these we've heard of. Okay. Further on up the road, Idiot's Delight, Another Thin Line, Code of Silence, Show Me the Way, Circuit Breaker, and Land of Hope and Dreams. All right. Now, this one, we this is clear as to when it was recorded because we know Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band were recording an album to be released before September 11th happened. And we know some of those songs and he was actually singing them towards the very end of the reunion tour. And we got further on up the road, another thin line, Code of Silence. Um, he probably would have recorded Land of Hope and Dreams. That was on there, right? Or am I crazy? Yeah, that was on there. Yeah, so uh, I'm really looking forward to that one. God, I mean, what? Uh, I mean, just to hear that those guys record those songs, uh, it's going to be great. And the others I never heard of, and uh, I'm sure they're great too. I, I'd be a little surprised. I didn't know they had ever finished an entire album, though. For me, I thought... They were in the maybe in well, there the was studio. Only eight, there's only eight tracks on that one where everything else was like 11, 12. Okay. So then that's not probably, that probably isn't enough to make an album. So it, but enough for us to listen to, that's for sure. It was but, enough uh, for Born to, Born to Run only had eight tracks on it, right? Oh, uh, well, I know. Yeah. I think uh, Wild the Innocent had seven tracks, but they were know, long. 20 minutes, right? Um, right. So let me ask you this. If you had to guess, real or bullshit? Uh, two weeks ago, I would have said bullshit, which is why when I saw it, I didn't really even pay much attention to it. And I'm obsessed with tracks too, because, you know, tracks was released for those that don't know in 1998. You know, that was a long, we're talking 25 years ago. And I've been, even, I remember just when it came out, thinking, man, we got to see another one of these because right away everyone was like, well, why is this not on there and this not on there? And so that we knew, and we knew, we knew he had so much more and we were like, we could, he could just put out another one of these. So, and then it just dragged on and on and on. And um, I'm hoping it's true. The only, you know, if it's, if it ends up being more than five discs, it would be even better. You know, I just, we did I get a bunch of outtakes along the way. We got the promise and we got the river box set and we got disc three of essential. So there has been, you know, yeah. stuff. And there has been stuff in the last 25 years. And chapter and verse, a couple of real old ones on there. We were looking at that. We were looking at it the other night. Turns out there was only like four songs on the whole thing that weren't just greatest hits. Yeah. Well, it was exciting because it was, it was, pre pre um greetings and we never had anything officially released so that was cool you know i just i wish he would release some more stuff from the castiles from uh you know these early bands that uh that he He's was such in. a perfectionist you know neil young one day just put it all out there he just took everything he ever recorded and put it out there 
you know, Bruce has got to he's got to go over it with a fine tooth comb, and he's got to make sure it's perfect. And you know, I bet Patty's stopping him. <laughs> all right, all right. The rumor mill on Patty is going. I saw a picture of her with their daughter Jessica from like two weeks ago. She looks fantastic. She looks happy, and uh, I just think that uh, you know she she's doesn't need to work in a band anymore yeah um uh one other thing i just so today i saw a video on on youtube of leanne rhymes singing secret garden and uh it was very good um i didn't know why she was it looked like she was in the studio of sirius xm and um she was with uh just just some guy playing an acoustic guitar and she was just singing it acoustically and uh it was nice. I don't know the context of, you know, why or anything about it, but I don't know if you saw it, but you can check it out. It's, it's pretty cool. She'll let you come just far enough so you know she's really there. And she'll look at you and smile. And as we'll say. Did not see it yet, but I will check it out when we're done here. Actually, when we're done here today, we're going to go over to my channel because I am yeah. showing the seventh anniversary of Foxborough 2016, the full show. We're uh, we're streaming over on my concert channel, Sleepy Joe's Cafe, every Saturday night and and several weekdays too. I got a lot of shows scheduled for this week and we're doing the anniversary of the capitol theater Posaic on the 19th and 20th and we're showing the the birthday show if it passes checks on the 22nd that's an 11 year anniversary from when bruce had he was playing the night before his birthday but the rain delay went so long that the show went to like one in the morning so he was playing on his birthday september 22nd was when it started uh, uh, 2012 at MetLife Stadium. I'm going to be showing that on its anniversary. And if by the time this, you know, we record, we're recording this at September 14th. By the time I get it up on the platforms, it's probably going to be like the 19th or 20th. It's going to be time to head on over and watch 8 p.m. Eastern. Come watch that birthday show with us. Boy, I hope YouTube approves that one because it's not up yet after I promote it. <laughs> uh, we have a few minutes before we run over there. If there's nothing else on the agenda, we should uh, maybe take a, a try at Springsteen Hurdle. What do you say? Okay. You mastered this the last time we played it. All right. It's been a few weeks since we tried Springsteen Hurdle. And the last time we played, Tom just dominated at it. We've got a few minutes, so I thought I'd give him a few at random. Uh, this one is actually today's, So, uh, but I know Tom doesn't. Tom doesn't play by on his, on his own, so he hasn't played it yet. I don't have a computer. Ah, that is. Don't look back. Sounds right to me. Nice job. Yeah. Love that. I think that was my favorite song off uh, a certain disc of tracks. All right, round two.
Yeah, I got it. Um, it's Seeger Sessions. Let me just sing it to myself. Uh, Mrs. McGrath. Wow. Wow. Nice job. I, I never would have got any. <laughs> I wouldn't have got any except American Land. I'll get that off the American Land edition. All right, Tom, you're two for two, round three. I got that one. Does this bus stop at 82nd Street? That's what I had. You're three for three. All right, we'll do one more, and then we will go over to my channel and watch tonight's seventh anniversary concert. By the time you're watching this, it's over. All right, Tom, you are three for three for a perfect score. Round four. All right, I got it. It's on magic. Mm -hmm. I'll work for your love. You are the master of Springsteen hurdle, Tom. And uh, so someday we're going to have to get somebody on here that could actually challenge you. I can't. I got one of those. I knew bus stop. I didn't get the other three. But uh, I, almost, I almost called it bus stop, which I don't know if that would have happened. <laughs> I would have given it to you. You got to type it in right, but I would have typed it in right for you. Uh, but, yeah, that was the only one I was even close on. And uh, and that's it. That's uh the 15th episode of the world's greatest Springsteen podcast. Maddie, if you're out there, we're going to have to do something at the end of each show. Like, like Carol Burnett used to wiggle her ear to say goodnight to her grandma. We're going to have to signal <laughs> Maddie somehow. and Do a little shout out to Maddie. Well, um, at, least at least his concerts in Canada haven't been canceled. So. No. And I'm sure he will be back to report on those shows. I hope he can go, man. He's had a lot going on. And uh, I guess he's moving. He had to move into a new place anyway. He gets he feels so guilty when he misses a show that it's eating him up inside. So I didn't even argue with him. If he wants to join us, the invitation is always open. Until then, we will continue to be the world's greatest Springsteen podcast with Fisherman and Tom. I'm Fisherman, the bootlegger who paid the highest price. And with me, as always, was Tom. Tom, do me a favor and say goodnight. Yeah, good night, everyone. Hopefully next week we'll have something to talk about with tracks too, but maybe not. All right, and good night for me, the fisherman. And if, as always, the world's greatest Springsteen podcast loves you.